Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and I'm fresh off of a big chamber event in Pittsburgh last week. Isn't it great to be back at live events? Chambers of Commerce have been hamstrung for too long. Then just when there was some light at the end of the tunnel coming out of the holidays, so many events were canceled or postponed. So fingers crossed we're moving forward and it feels good. I hope that you're taking advantage and getting back out to events yourself because I don't care if you're the best Zoom networker out there. You're not going to be able to grow your network virtually like you can in person. So get out there. So we do an extensive searching for guests for the podcast, a lot of LinkedIn, following the news, looking for Chamber of Commerce executives who are doing great things and have great stories to tell. Well, we love referrals too, especially like as in the case of today's guest, a previous guest emails me and says, you've got to talk to this guy. I'm excited today to be talking with Carlos Phelps, President and CEO of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce in Greenville, South Carolina. Carlos, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Greg, thanks for having me. So the good thing is that when I get a referral like that, and this time it came from Amanda Payne from Amplified Clearwater, who was actually our second ever guest on the podcast, telling me that I needed to interview you, Carlos. I'm thrilled that you're available and willing to do it. <laughs> well, I, I tend to do what I tend to do what Amanda tells me to do. So. That's excellent. That's excellent. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us because I know you're very busy. Let me just start by giving everyone a quick formal intro and then and then we can dig in. Carlos Phillips began serving as president and CEO of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce on March 29th, 2016. Now, much has been accomplished during uh, Carlos's time with the Greenville Chamber, including the implementation of strategic plans for the organization and Accelerate, that's the Chamber's private sector-fueled economic development campaign. Under Carlos's leadership, the Chamber sold its office to where it was at for 40 years and moved downtown to Greenville Central Business District. So under Carlos's leadership, the Greenville Chamber last year was awarded Chamber of the Year by the Carolinas Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. Carlos is an active leader in the community in his profession, serving as director for Visit Greenville, South Carolina, Urban League of the Upstate. Carlos is an active leader in the community and his profession, serving as a director for Visit Greenville SC, Urban League of the Upstate, Community Foundation of Greenville, and United Way of the Upstate. He chairs the United Negro Colleges Fund's Upstate Mayor's Mass Ball, which raises funds to help get students to and through college. Originally from Owensboro, Kentucky, Carlos received an undergraduate degree in communications from the University of Kentucky and a master's degree in organizational communications from Western Kentucky University. He and his wife, Latanya, have four children. And just like most of the guests on our podcast, you keep yourself very busy, involved in a lot of things. So thank you again for giving us some of your time. Let's just kick off with an intro to the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Yeah, Craig, I like to call the Greenville Chamber a 133-year-old startup. We were, we were formed in 1889, uh, back when the primary industry sector uh, for our community was in textiles. Uh, we were the textile capital of the South, if you will. Uh, but a lot has changed since 1889, and our chamber has changed significantly 
over the years uh, as well. So I think we're the living, breathing example of a 133-year-old startup, and that's how we like to that's how we like to conduct our business as well. 133-year-old startup. How big a staff do you do you have running that startup? We have, we have about 20 folks, uh, 20 folks on our team here um, at the chamber, which you know to some is a small staff, to others is pretty you know pretty large, but larger than our staff. Um, and our staff, we do a lot of do a lot of work here. But we accomplish what we do, and we, we have the impact that we do because of our network of networks. Um, so our staff is only 20, but we've got 1,800 member businesses, and we have key stakeholders from throughout, throughout the community. I have a 36-member uh, board uh, who's, who's very helpful, various committees and what have you. So that's our network of networks, which really significantly expands uh, the size of our staff, but more importantly, it increases uh, the impact that we have throughout the community. It's very interesting to see the different sized boards and chambers of commerce around the around the country. And it's not relegated to urban versus rural. It's just there's there's a choice made to have a certain size of board. Let's talk a little bit about Greenville. Tell us a little bit about the region, what makes you proud, but also tell us uh, some of the challenges that you that you're that you're having right now. Yeah, well, Greenville is experiencing explosive economic and population growth right now. Greenville County, which is the largest county in the state of South Carolina, has a population of about 525,000 people, which is not so impressive, except when you look at our population growth projection over the next 20 years, which is at 40%. So we'll go from a county of 525,000 to three quarters of a million people. Uh, by 2040. There's a lot of benefit to that. A lot of positives would come with that, but also a lot of challenges and opportunities as well. And that's that's one of our key roles here at the chamber is how do we best accommodate such explosive uh, population growth? I do like to tell people that we are, we're large enough to scale uh, here, here in Greenville, but we're also, we're still small enough to get things done. And that's very, that's very important. And I hope we can maintain that uh, that feel even as we even as we grow. Like many communities, we're still experiencing uh, some of the pandemic-related impacts. Sure. You know, we had too many companies that we had too many companies that and businesses that, that closed down. They didn't make it through uh, the pandemic. Um, I think one business not making it is is one too many. So we're still dealing with that. We're still we're dealing with some workforce. Uh, and, and talent uh, challenges um, as well, but I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm safe in saying that the Greenville community, we've probably emerged from the pandemic in a better position than most. That's just it goes it just, it just speaks to the fiber uh, of this you know community. You just roll up your sleeves and, and figure it out. And I think this community has done an awful, an awesome job of that. And I think that's what's made our community, uh, the, the community that it is today. So I've worked in economic development for a long time, and you're talking about an additional 250,000 people. And all I'm thinking is money for roads and police and fire and libraries and schools and sewers and all the different things that are going, to, going along with that. How do you as the chamber at the center of this stay on, stay on top of that and accomplish what you need to accomplish today? Because there are still challenges coming out of the pandemic that you need to deal with, 
but with an eye on, on, on that future. Yeah, it is important that we take care of, um, of today. We've got more than enough challenges today, but we also recognize that uh, as we grow, uh, our challenges and opportunities will grow as well. Uh, so we have to be intentional uh, and mindful of what those impacts, what those challenges and opportunities uh, could be. And that's where I think leveraging that network of networks uh, that I spoke of earlier, we don't know everything here within the four walls of the Greenville Chamber. We've got some sharp, some really smart people who, uh, who work here and that know a whole lot, but we don't know everything. But we, we leverage that network of networks to keep us, keep us informed. We, we hope we have a culture uh, where folks can call us and they can tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, but keep our uh, keep us focused on the things that we need to focus on. Keep us aware of those things that we may not otherwise otherwise know, and that's a challenge sometimes. Sometimes we don't want to hear the bad news, um, but it is necessary in order to help uh, your community grow uh, and prosper. So you've said a few times that, that phrase, building a network of networks. Uh, in in the bio I I did for you. You, I talked about Accelerate, which is a chamber-led private sector fueled initiative for economic development, which is relevant to the question I just asked. Tell me a little bit about uh, Accelerate and, and the chamber's role there. Happy to. About 20 years ago, the, the chamber, who once was the, the economic the recruiter, um, business and industry recruiter um, for the county, uh, that responsibility was transitioned to the county. And so uh, for many years, we didn't think that we participated in economic development. When in all actuality, we just weren't participating in the active recruitment of industry. But Accelerate, our Accelerate initiative is a private sector fueled economic development initiative that focuses on uh, growing our entrepreneurial ecosystem, on growing our talent and workforce on delivering credible data about the community to the community so that we can make um, informed decisions and on um, increasing educational attainment as well. So those are the four pillars, if you will, of Accelerate. All those things are economic development. And if we can influence our community to think about those things and to be intentional on improving in those areas, we have uh, in essence, created the environment for economic growth, and and that's the that's the that's the real key to uh, accelerate. So, an initiative like that takes support. It takes buy-in. It takes funding. What was what was your uh, your leadership, the community? What was the response to uh, to the to the proposal to create this uh, this initiative? Well, accelerate. That initiative was in place when I arrived. Gotcha. And it was they were raising about $250,000 to $300,000 per year to fund uh, some of those initiatives. Over the past six years, though, we've grown the annual investment into that portfolio. In 2021, in the midst of the pandemic, funding for the Accelerate Initiative increased about $650,000. Wow. Great. That's fantastic. But... Our community, many in our community understand how increasing educational attainment 
is really foundational to our future economic prosperity. And when we talk about educational attainment, it's not just the uh, bachelor's degree and above. We have a real opportunity to increase educational attainment at the um, certificates, sure. high quality certificates, if you will, certifications. How do we get folks who left community college without an associate degree, how do we get them to, to come back, get that associate uh, degree? Yes, it may create a pipeline to a four-year school, but even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, these citizens are, are better prepared to achieve their dreams, uh, take care of their families, uh, and help grow, grow our economy. So that educational attainment piece is very important, important for us. And it has garnered a lot of attention uh, to that Accelerate initiative. That's awesome. We have talked about workforce, I think, on just about every episode of this podcast so far. And, and uh, I'll tell you that the certificates and the micro-credentialing, those, those, those have been very big. But what a great, uh, what a great problem to have in, in your area, knowing that this population influx is coming so students can specialize and learn what they want to learn and know that there's going to be a job for them in, in Greenville. That's fantastic. Well, and we have a situation in Greenville. I'm sure there are other communities that uh, can say the same thing, but we live in a community where we have more jobs than we have uh, qualified sure. people to, yeah. to put into those jobs. And uh, I guess if you were going to have a challenge, you'd rather have that challenge than, than the reverse. But yeah, we, we've got, we, we got to do a better job of preparing our workforce for 21st century career opportunities. And I'm glad that we've become a bit more intentional in that effort. It's very interesting about, uh, you know, the whole concept of uh, growing up to be whatever you want to be, but there's jobs that need to be filled. So you got to marry the two, uh, the two concepts together to make sure that the, the students, the both coming out of even as low as elementary school and the high school and the college understand what the jobs are that are going to be available for them and where they're going to be able to grow their careers from there, which is part of the challenge. So let me, let me flip. We talked about a lot of the big picture regional stuff. Let's talk about your members. Uh, what are you, what are you doing to take care of your members? Uh, like I said, in my, in my intro, most chambers were out of events for, for a while and getting back into them now. And that was, you know, for many, that was the, that was the chamber experience was going to events. So we have, we've all, we've all had to adapt and, and come up with new service offerings. How are you taking care of uh, your members right now? Well, there are a few silver linings from, from the recent pandemic. One of them for, uh, for the Greenville chamber was it reinforced our value proposition beyond in-person sure. events. We've been talking about we do more than it, do more than events, and in, in a given year, over ten thousand people could attend some type of chamber event. So I mean, it was a big uh, component of our value proposition. But we we knew we did so much more, and the pandemic really gave us an opportunity to demonstrate to demonstrate that we couldn't have any in-person events. Right. Uh, we weren't even we couldn't even meet in our office in person. Um, so we did have to focus on uh, a more effective delivery and communication of, of our value proposition. So for example, we, 
we made a bet that our business community needed a credible information source more than anything else. During this time, yeah, they needed cash. Yes, they needed customers, but they really needed a credible uh, information source where they could go and they could count on whether it was information that we repurposed from the federal government or the state government or, or local government, whether it was a, a podcast or a webcast or any other kind of stuff. If we hear it from the chamber, we believe it. Yeah. It is, it is the gospel. And we bet that that's what the community really needed. And that was a, that is a bet that continues to pay off to this day. Because you talk to folks around our community about the Greenville Chamber, and they'll tell you, yeah, they, you know, they do events, but they do so much more. And they really helped me through the pandemic with the information that they uh, provided and being that trusted, being that trusted resource. And so while the pandemic was certainly a challenge for us, we, like other businesses, trying to figure out how we were going to keep our doors open, how we were going to keep our revenue streams uh, going. But we never lost sight of why we're here. And we were, we're here to help businesses in the, in the ways that they most need it. And so, uh, again, I think the pandemic helped us to not necessarily revisit our value proposition, but really to double down on the fact that we do so much more than in-person events and then to demonstrate that. What a great branding piece too is is you you were intentional about it. It sounds like it, it was we want to be the the center for information because you think about how much effort and this is every chamber every business puts into social media and trying to trying to attract inbound attention and there's so there's so much information out there. I like I I mean I'm a I'm a small business. I don't. I don't just hop on looking for new sources for information. I have my four or five sources of information and I'm not going to change unless you give me a great reason. And it sounds like you, sounds like you did that. Um, that that's a fantastic approach. Well, uh, you know, our, our staff of 20 uh, and then other folks, um, you know, we had a lot of challenging conversations about what we should do. Yeah. Fortunately, we also partnered with our city and county governments and we, we issued a survey that asked businesses, what do you need? And a, a great response, they all wanted cash. They all wanted customers. But the one that stood out most, because we, we couldn't get them cash at the chamber. Right. <laughs> we couldn't really get them, get them customers because customers couldn't visit their locations. Uh, but the one thing that we could deliver on was the credible, the credible information. And uh, glad we were able to do that. That's excellent. Yeah. Let me switch a little bit. I want to talk about you as, as the chamber executive. You come to work every morning. What are you most excited about? What gets you out of bed in the morning in your, in your role? I really get excited about what's next. You know, we have no, no identical or duplicative days uh, in this industry. Today was different than yesterday. And Tomorrow is going to be different than uh, than today. I'm I'm big on impact, so I'm big on scaled solutions um, as well. So what can we do? You know, yeah, they help the individual business, but when we talk about things like educational attainment and economic inclusion, 
public policy, pro-business, economic growth, public policy, and things like that, those tend to be uh, bigger picture uh, things that if you do them right, can have scaled impact on, on a community. And, and, and that really excites, it really excites me and it excites most of the folks on our team here. That's excellent. Yes, chamber staff are they, we have the chambers hire a certain a certain type of person, and they, they see that big that big picture. It, it's kind of neat how it works. So you talk about impacting the community. A question we like to ask, and this is not an easy question, but um, we talked about accelerate and how you know yeah. for it to be successful, it needed to be needed to be funded. In the chamber world, we have so many ideas that are great ideas, but if they're not funded, a lot of them can't really go anywhere. So yeah. It's the blank check question. If you had a blank check for economic development in Greenville, what would you spend it on? A blank check for economic development. I'm going to give you an answer that I gave you a few moments ago. If I had a blank check, I would invest it in educational attainment. I would invest it in ensuring that every working age adult between the ages of 25 and 64 years old at least had a high quality credential. If we can achieve that, if we can just get to 60% of our working age adults in Greenville County with a high quality credential, um, it could lead to uh, an additional $3 billion in economic activity that our community is not experiencing today. I don't know about you, Craig, but $3 billion goes along, it can go a long way. It's a lot of economic activity. A lot of economic activity, but the foundation of that—you just can't say, "Oh, we need, we need more, we need more people making more money." Uh, more people need to be prepared to to leverage the economic prosperity uh, that's possible uh, in a community. So, yeah, the blank the blank check—that's an easy one um, for me. Educational attainment because I think it has long term um, and significant positive impact on the community. So we talked about, you've been, you've been with the Greenville Chamber for about six years now, but you were in the chamber business before that in Louisville and, uh, and the Kentucky State Chamber. Mm-hmm. As someone who's been at that high level, making, you know, very busy, making decisions that are going to affect economies for, for a long time, how do you stay inspired? Are there books, are there podcasts, <laughs> are there magazines that you read? I, I do all of the above. So, for example, you know, I tend to read two or three books at a time. You know, I'll get through a chapter or two of one book and then I'll switch to another one. And eventually I'll get back to the to the book that I left. Uh, so I do I do read quite a bit. I am a big fan of of Twitter, not so much to tweet, but the sources that I follow. I like to follow a diverse uh, set of, of sources to get information from different perspectives sure. and then think my way through it, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, season it to the taste that I think is going to be best for me and my team and, and, and my community. And I'm inspired by the work of my peers and colleagues in this industry as well. There's an old saying, you, if you see one chamber, you've seen one chamber. We are an industry that's big on R&D. Um, you know this from your time at the Buffalo, with the Buffalo Chamber. We're big on R&D, rip off and duplicate. And so I have periodic calls. I lead our uh, Metro Cities Council 
through ACCE. And we meet periodically and we talk shop. And sometimes there's as many as 50, 50 of my colleagues on the call. Uh, during the pandemic, we met twice a month virtually because we were all trying to figure out how are we going to get through this. I'll tell you, if not for if not for that peer group, I doubt seriously that our organization would have made made it through the pandemic as effectively um, as we did. But that peer group was unbelievable. And I would encourage um, anyone in the chamber space through ACCE or uh, through other chamber associations, leverage, leverage that peer group, leverage their relationship, leverage that network of networks, uh, if you will, because they, their challenge may not be exactly like yours, but it's related. Uh, and their solution may not work for you as they're doing it. But if you could take their solution and season it to your taste, it could work for you as well. And I agree 1000%. And, you know, my, my time at the, at the chamber, that was, that was my favorite part of it was connecting with everybody from the, uh, from the other chambers at the, at those national conferences, even the, the state, the state conferences and the state organizations. I have a question for you that may lead to a story, my own story. Were you at the Louisville chamber when you hosted ACCE conference? Yes. So it would have been 2011 to somewhere around uh, it was, uh, that may have been 11, that sounds right, 2010, 2011, right in, in downtown Louisville. Yeah, so I have a great story, and I'm going to take advantage of your podcast okay. to tell my story. So, <laughs> so I was a vice president with the Buffalo Niagara Partnership at the time and went to that conference, and it was a fantastic conference. You guys, you guys put on a great show, and we really learned a lot at the, at the conference. But the one night, the night of the big party, mm-hmm. they had a vice president's meeting and it was just for vice presidents so i was in that meeting and we were learning and we were doing little discussion groups and things and uh (laughs) it was starting to go on and on a little bit and everybody was kind of looking at their clocks knowing that everybody else was back changing probably at the bar already and we're sitting here still Mm -hmm. doing chamber work and all of a sudden the 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 woman that was moderating the session she says okay, we're just going to take a little 10 minute break. And everybody was like, a break. What are we doing here? A 10 minute break. And the doors open and the maker's mark people come in with a bourbon tasting for It was fantastic. They was like, we all got totally duped by the whole thing. But everyone in the room was like, we're never missing a vice president's meeting again. After that. So it was a, as we were talking about Louisville, you were talking and in my head, I was starting to put the time frame together, but the segue to what you just said is this network uh, of chamber executives. And that's why we started the podcast to share a lot of these best practices. But these, the network of the folks that you meet from chamber to chamber is just incredible. And I love just randomly introducing people. You know, yeah, you may see somebody else on my podcast and say, I'd like to meet that person. Well, it's an email for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it works really well because there's always something that, that you can talk about and work on together. So thanks for letting me take my, tell my story, <laughs> but great job when you were there. That was a great show. So I'm going to start to wind down here. Let me ask you, where should we send people if they want to learn more about, about you, about the Greenville Chamber of Commerce? Well, of course, um, our website, greenvillechamber.org is a great uh, source of information, uh, but folks can also reach out uh, to me personally as well um, at cphillips um, at greenvillechamber.org or they can call 
uh, they can call uh, the office as well. I love, I love sharing what we do and I love learning uh, from other people uh, as well. So I'd welcome, I'd welcome the, the conversation. That's great. And I'll give you guys a lot of credit because I've been on, I have been on a lot of chamber websites where the, the news or the blog section isn't as updated as you might like. And you've got stuff right up to the minute on the things that you're working on. So if you want to see what, uh, you know, you know, some of the things, especially the advocacy issues that are going on in South Carolina, everything's right there for you. So, well, Carlos, thank you again for being here with us. We, our listeners appreciate you spending some time with us, telling us about all the all work you're doing. Uh, and about your your wonderful community that's growing in leaps and bounds. <laughs> uh, I wish you and the chamber lots of success, and and we'll make sure to definitely stay connected with you. To our listeners, I hope that your chamber of commerce strategy is yielding results for you this year, whether it's for networking, advocacy, or just to help the biz- grow the business community in your area. Your chambers of commerce continue to need your support. And they are there to help you meet your goals as well. If you're interested in learning how we can help you build a stronger relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business in Greenville or are interested in the market, please check out www.greenvillechamber.org and connect with Carlos and his outstanding team. Carlos, thank you again for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care.